Welcome everyone to the Groove Podcast, episode number 18. My name is Paul McWhorter, and I'm documenting my journey toward my master's degree in theological studies and talking about how Jesus, who is full of grace and truth, gives us new life when we believe in him. Last time, I talked about the sacrifices of Jesus Christ, his sacrifice in humbling his deity, the Son of God, to be born as a man, so Jesus could redeem his creation through his death and resurrection, taking the penalty of our sins. Because of Jesus Christ, we are holy and blameless before God without a single fault. I came across this scripture a couple of weeks ago to discuss in another podcast, and it comes from Colossians 1, 21 through 22. Paul says, this includes you who were once far away from God. You were his enemies separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence, and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. I started a new class this month called Hermeneutics. I learned quickly that I had been saying it wrong this entire time. I've been calling it Hermeneutics for some reason. It's actually hermeneutics, which is the art and science of interpreting the Bible and its application to our lives. And the class is discussing how we interpret the Bible, methods and procedures that they've developed over the centuries, uh, when and how the Christian Old Testament and New Testament were formed and put together into the Bible we know today, and many more things we'll discuss in later podcasts. The overarching theme, though, is context and application. More often than not, we take a verse or verses out of context uh, because we memorize it alone as a, as a memory verse, or it's the verse of a day, or, or we hear it in a topical sermon where the pastor uses it to make a point. And yes, even pastors are, are guilty of taking verses out of context. I know that's shocking. I have, and probably still do take verses out of context based on previous readings of them or sermons I've heard or devotionals I've read that have formed this presupposition that I have. Now, thankfully, there are many times when I've read a devotional or a book or heard a sermon with a new interpretation of a passage or, or the Spirit has just guided me to ask questions about a passage and I dig a little deeper into its meaning myself. And there's a saying that's been repeated in this class and, and one I've heard before and it's that a text can never mean what it never meant, meaning that the original author, by inspiration of the Spirit, wrote at a certain time in a certain region for a certain group of people. And God had a specific message to those people at that time, but those writings can also contain broader universal aspects that apply to all of us through the ages. After all, God's truth is universal. But before we interpret a passage for our application today, we should first understand the original application it was meant for. When we understand the original context, it's amazing how it can open up the meaning of a passage. Many of the things Jesus said were downright shocking at the time. They don't come across as shocking to us today. But when he said them, they were very shocking to his audience. Statements that he made about himself and his relationship to God the father were stonable offenses. There, there's several times in, in the Gospels where they talk about how they picked up stones to, to, to kill Jesus because of the things that he said. He used a Samaritan, 
people group that was hated by the Jews as the main figure in his parable on how to love a neighbor. And I'm quite excited about learning the methods that this class will teach for interpreting and engaging with scripture. So there's weekly discussion threads, questions that are asked, and we have to write our thoughts on what we've learned versus, and what we think. And those happen have been happening over the last couple of weeks. But I also have to write an, an exegetical paper on a particular passage, writing about the historical background of the book and the author and the audience and doing a deep word study, identifying how it applied to the original audience and then ad- identifying how it applies to us today. And there were 17 different passages that they offered up and said, okay, here's a list of passages. You have to pick one. And there was no way I was going to easily pick a passage. So in true biblical fashion, I decided to cast lots or roll the dice, as it were, and narrowed it down to one passage. (laughs) And wouldn't you know it, it was Colossians chapter 1, verses 21 through 29, the same passage that I mentioned earlier. Having just looked at that verse recently to use in a different podcast idea, and then here it is again, but there are parts to the passage that I didn't notice before, parts that I I don't fully understand. So I'm excited about digging deeper into it, and I'll share that in a future podcast once I, once I get through writing that. Now, there are two things from this first week of class that I want to hit upon because I found it interesting. The first was the different methods that have been used over the centuries to interpret scripture. We have too many methods to discuss here, including but not limited to the original Jewish interpretations of the Old Testament, how the apostles interpreted the Old Testament and cross-referenced it in their letters that they wrote, which became then considered a part of scripture within the first and second century. And then the early church leaders after the apostles had their way of interpreting what the apostles wrote uh, then there is the church, the Roman Catholic Church's Latin translation of the Old and New Testament that was known as the Vulgate, which was used for centuries until the Reformation period when men literally died trying to translate the Vulgate or the original Hebrew and Greek texts into other languages like English and German. Then the invention of the printing press made it possible to mass produce different translations of the Bible in a common vernacular that everyone could read. And we'll talk about translations and how those came about in a future podcast, but it's fascinating the, the respect and determination and love God's people had for his word and the care that they took in interpreting and translating it, desperately trying to stay true to the original text. I think I prefer the apostles' method of interpretation best, not only in how they interpreted the Old Testament, but then how we can use that same method to interpret it their writings. And the first and and probably easiest method is just the literal interpretation, taking the words for what they are and how they are presented on the page. They also used a a typological approach because they wanted to persuade the first century brethren the similarities between the Old Testament and what Jesus said and what he did fulfilling the scriptures then of the Old Testament. Then they also used the context of Old Testament scripture to support theological instruction. And lastly, they use Old Testament scripture, applying it not literally, but underlying principles to then their present day situations that were different, but also comparable. For example, Paul sought to prove that God wants to save both Jews and Gentiles by quoting Hosea chapter two, verse 23, I will call them my people who are not my people. 
and I will call her my loved one who is not my loved one. Originally, Hosea's words referred to the nation of Israel, specifically to Israel's reconciliation with God after a period of divine rejection. Not my people and not beloved were actually the name of Hosea's children that symbolized that rejection. And to make his case, Paul extracts a theological principle from Hosea's words, God can lovingly make those into his people who were not so before. And then he uses that principle to then justify the, the full membership of Gentile believers in with the people of God. Now, look, I'm not a literary nut. I enjoy reading. Um, I love how the Spirit opens my eyes to things that I haven't seen before, which leads me to this last point. We bring our own biases and presuppositions and our cultural understandings into our reading of the Bible. We have to be careful because these ideas instilled in us already affect how we read, interpret, and apply scripture that is very different from what the scripture actually means and how we should apply it. Remember, God wants us to love him with all of our heart, soul, and mind. We forget sometimes that we don't know everything And some of the things that we think we know are wrong. And we have to read with an open mind and leave our biases and opinions at the door and ask questions as you read the Bible. Write them down and look them up. And this can be hard for us because we have deep-seated theological or or denominational ideologies that that we've grown up with. And not all of them are wrong, but not all of them are right either. And we have methods for interpretation, but those methods are are useless for application if we aren't willing to go where we don't want to go. God is a big God. We, We cannot fully know him in this life, maybe ever, but we can know what he chooses to reveal to us. We have to be willing to listen. Sometimes he wants to change our habits, our understandings, our viewpoints, so that they better align with who God is and what God wants. And as we go through this discussion of hermeneutics, talking about all the wonderful methods for interpreting God's word, let's keep an open mind so God can reveal more of himself to us and how we can better apply God's word to our lives. That's it. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that this has encouraged you and challenged you. And I pray that you will have an encounter with God today, whenever and wherever you are, when you hear this. And I pray that God will move in your life and you will respond to him. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.